Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm glad that you are getting growing with us here on New Southern Garden. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Even though I've never gardened anywhere else in the world, there probably is no better place to garden than right here in the South. In this great state of Georgia, in the mountains of Georgia. I was just thinking that, you know, some folks, they have flat ground. There's prairie, there's meadow, there's desert even. You know, we have a little bit of meadow, a little bit of prairie. But we have wilderness too. We have the woods, we have the forests. And we have something that really, man, has not been able to build or emulate that are that is are that is the mountains mountains are a great place to be so whether you're listening right here in cleveland georgia this morning or if you're listening online somewhere else maybe you uh jumped into wrwh on the tune in app and maybe you're listening from some distant location maybe you're listening after this show has aired and been posted online, we welcome you to our little piece of the Piedmont, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Because you know when you're sort of a morning like this, if you, if you hit the time just right, the humidity's just right, the amount of moisture in the air is just right, you get a little bit of fog, you get a little bit of blue haze. It really makes those beautiful green leaves that you see as you're driving through the mountains. Gives that green, just a touch of paradise, does it not? <laughs> well, enough about the mountains. But on today's program, we are talking about gardening. We are going to garden, and we're going to garden in the perennial garden today. We've been doing so for a couple of weeks now. And we've been talking about these perennial plants, which again, just as a reminder, perennial plants are those plants that uh, come back every year from their own root system. Sometimes we call them herbaceous perennials. And I did bring that term up this week uh, to um, an individual at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week at Flowery Branch, Georgia. Uh, I use this word herbaceous perennials, and whoa, whoa, what does that mean? And I said, well, you know, trees and shrubs are perennial in the fact that they come back year after year. They're, they're permanent, to some degree, fixtures in the garden or permanent tenants in the garden. But trees and shrubs are woody plants, okay? They create a rigid structure out of uh, woody material, stems, branches, trunks, whatnot. 
Whereas herbaceous perennials are plants that do come back year after year, but they don't create woody material. They don't have woody stems. They have green stems. We call them herbaceous. Of course, that word comes from the word uh, herb, uh, which is going to be a, a plant that is very sort of a tender in that sense, that it is a softer plant. It doesn't have that rigid structure like your trees and your shrubs do. And so with that in mind, herbaceous perennials are going to be those perennials that have uh, green leaves, lush leaves, usually green stems. Maybe by the end of the year, they're a little bit tough or fibrous, but they're not quite woody, you know. And herbaceous perennials do die down to the ground every year, and then come back from the earth. Now, some herbaceous perennials don't die back completely. And if we have if we have a mild winter, you'll see more and more foliage hanging out over fall and winter during the cool months. But still, these herbaceous perennials never form this woody structure that endures year after year. So yes, your peonies, they will die back every year. They're herbaceous perennials. Your salvias, uh, many of the salvias are perennial and such. They are herbaceous. They will die down over winter, go dormant, and go to sleep. So these are the kinds of plants that we've been talking about uh, for this year or for this past uh, couple of seasons, uh, episodes or, or, or shows, I guess, um, getting tongue-tied. But we're continuing our discussion and discovery and adventure and exploration into the perennial garden, everything you need to know. We've already talked about what they are, how they grow, uh, how to pick the right ones based on your site and the conditions that you have in your garden, in your landscape. And so with all of that in mind, we are going to continue today talking about planting perennials and growing them. We're actually going to get our hands dirty now and we're going to jump into the garden and start working them into the ground. We've already talked about how you can buy them, whether you're buying them bare root online, which means you get these perennial root systems that are maybe surrounded in sawdust or some kind of of, uh, material that holds on to moisture, but they're not planted. They're just sort of temporarily sent to you so that they can be put into the ground as soon as possible. Of course, you may go to a retail plant nursery, like I mentioned earlier, Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week. Uh, But there we have perennial plants in containers, in pots. And so containerized plants is another great way to grow perennials and, of course, from seed. But no matter how you're growing them, we're going to talk about planting them once and for all (laughs) in your garden. And we're going to give you the best tips, the best ways for for when to plant and how to plant them. Uh, Some of them may have special requirements. We'll mention that. Uh, But otherwise, we're going to actually, like I said, get our hands dirty and start a new perennial bed or a new perennial border. Now, perennials are an exciting topic to talk about, but there is a woody plant. And before we talk about perennials, I want to tell you that there's a woody perennial plant that is starting to bloom now. At the nursery and in my own garden, we've got beautiful displays of these flowers. You know them very well. Usually, the most well-known of these particular plants is going to bloom blue or pink, depending on the soil, the, the, actually the pH of the soil. And you probably already know, if you've been in the South long enough, that we're uh, sort of talking about hydrangeas. And I bring this topic up because on this, this past week, I had help from a, um, uh, from a, 
uh, collaborator, we'll call her, Amelia Keener. She helped to uh, turn one of our past shows into something you can read, into an article about hydrangeas. And of course, there's probably, other than Southern Magnolia, other than Southern Magnolia, there's probably no other plant that is going to be so classic and iconic for the South as hydrangea. Now, you know, it's not just the blue and pink ones. The blue and pink ones are called big leaf hydrangea, but there are other types of hydrangeas that you either probably already have growing in your landscape and garden, or if you don't, you really need them. Now, they all are a little different. They have some similarities, but they do look pretty distinctive from each other. A couple may be sort of hard to tell the difference of, uh, the differences between, but regardless the hydrangea is perfectly suited for the South. It grows well, performs well. They do have, like I said, different requirements as far as pruning goes. You can fertilize them the same. Usually, you can place them in similar sun conditions, even though some can handle more sun than others. But to kind of clear all that up, I thought it would be great for us to post an article at our website, of course, for the show is NewSouthernGarden.com. And you can find that recent article by my friend Amelia Keener uh, online at the website. Just click on the tab that says Articles, and it will be the most new, um, the most new article you can find. And while you're there, you might as, read, might, might as well read some of the older ones as well, because there's some good gardening information there, some things that I posted that um, uh, sort of just for inspiration, uh, of course, for education, but we want to inspire you, of course, when you're doing your gardening. So before we got into perennials, I just wanted to mention that there is a resource there. If you have any questions about when do you prune a certain hydrangea, because remember, with hydrangeas, some of them have set their flower buds on last year's wood. So they grew their wood all through summer last year, and that wood that, uh, that hangs out over winter is going to be locked and loaded if you will, for blooming. So you don't want to prune them before they bloom because you'll be chopping off their beautiful flower heads. Just a quick note on that, a quick anecdote. There was an individual who came to me with some pictures and she had some beautiful hydrangea plants. There was not a bud in sight. There was not a blossom in sight. And she said, there's a problem with my hydrangeas. I don't know what I've done, if I've messed them up or, or maybe I'm not giving them the right nutrition. What can I feed them to make them bloom? I sort of knew what was going on when she said that. She said she's had them for 10 years and they've never bloomed. I said, well, do you prune them? She says, yes, we prune them every spring. We prune them every late winter, maybe in March or early April. And I said, there's the culprit. There's the problem. It's not anything you can feed them because from the photographs, they looked healthy. They looked bountiful. They looked beautiful. But they had been chopping off their blooms for a decade in the early part of spring. And that was the classic hydrangea, the Southern Living hydrangea that I call it, because probably on this edition of Southern Living or, or uh, the uh, current uh, edition that's out, there will probably be hydrangeas on the front, those blue and pink hydrangeas. And yes, they do set their buds on last year's wood. So if it blooms in early spring, be sure you're pruning it after it blooms. I think we've talked a little bit about that recently. But otherwise, if you have other questions about hydrangeas, or if you say, well, I want to expand the amount and the variety of hydrangeas that I have in my garden, I like the blue and pink ones, but I would like some other ones. Well, just check out that article about growing hydrangeas by Amelia Keener at NewSouthernGarden.com, and it will get you started growing hydrangeas if you don't have one, but it will also guide you through proper maintenance. Uh, 
and uh, growing hydrangeas if you already do, in fact, have those beautiful, iconic southern plants <laughs> in your landscape. So let's get into perennials. Of course, that's why we're here. That's why we're talking uh, this week. We do want to talk about, you know, successful uh, situations with perennials. We want to make sure that things we do uh, make our perennial gardens and perennial beds, or if you add some perennials to shrub borders, we want to make sure that they're successful. And usually, success starts at planting. Of course, success really started with purchasing healthy plants, purchasing good, fast-growing, uh, vigorous plants. But now that you've secured those plants, what do you do with them? How do you make sure that you are going uh, to give them a good start, but also a good continual growth? <laughs> because remember, perennials are not like annuals in the fact that they are going to be in the garden for a long time. Your annual beds, you can sort of get by sometimes with not really preparing the soil. Of course, by preparing the soil with annuals as well, you will have a better display. But with perennial plants, keep this in mind. These little babies are going to be in your landscape for decades, hopefully. If you get at least five to seven years, maybe even three on some short-lived perennials, if you get three to seven years of growth out of a perennial, you have done well, okay? Again, some of them can continue for decades, but some of them will be fairly short-lived. And we're going to talk about maintenance in the coming episodes, but this week we are specifically looking at planting. Now, there really are no secrets, okay? There's no mysterious secrets or complicated techniques when it comes to planting perennial. A, a, a good-looking Perennial garden is not difficult to attain. As a matter of fact, you've already done most of the work. You've chosen the appropriate varieties. You've chosen healthy plants, and now you're already on the way to success. But we've got to make sure we give them this best start by planting them at the right time, giving them good soil to grow in, and placing them with care. Those are some of the things we're going to do, and it's very simple. It's simple as those three steps. And if you do these things... If you do these things, then they will repay your efforts probably that first year. Not only that first year, they'll start to look fabulous, but they will continue to look fabulous for years to come. So, we got to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to dive in and talk about when is the best times to plant perennial plants in the garden. Hang on tight, folks. I'll see you in a few seconds. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. 
You know, gang, annual plants, annual plants like begonias and petunias, uh, the list goes on and on. Some lantanas are annual, uh, impatience are annual, vinca are annual. They are busting at the seams with blossoms right now in the garden centers and your local nurseries. But remember, being annuals, they are only going to survive and live for this season. As soon as the end of summer comes and the cooler temperatures roll in, those plants will have served their purpose. They will have served, lived their life, and they will no longer look good. Most of these tender annuals are going to get uh, knocked back by our very first frost. Some of them maybe even at cooler temperatures, but frost will do it. And so you've got to replant them. You've got to continue to plant uh, say you want flowers from annuals in the fall well you got pansies and you've got uh, violas and you got snapdragons and dusty millers but they've got to be planted again so your annual bed is a very high interest and very seasonal area but it takes more work and maintenance so today if you're just joining us, you are going to find out that we're talking about perennial plants. Now, perennial plants can give you just as much color. Some of them, especially through the modern hybridization and breeding programs, some of these great perennials have been on the have been put on the path for continual color. As long as you're deadheading, you'll get color. But the way to make sure that your perennial display is at the has the most color is to use different types and use them based on their bloom patterns. Because some perennials do wait till the later part of summer to bloom. Some start very early. Some have already bloomed and sort of are done. But there are some good selections that are going to keep blooming and, and keep your garden looking well. And the beauty is you don't have to replant them. So with all that in mind, when you're planting your perennial garden, you've got to get into the mindset that this particular plot of earth is going to be their home for hopefully many, many years. <laughs> and planting at the right time, or at, I should say, a better time of year, uh, will prove to be more successful. So we're going to start off about planting perennials. We're going to start off talking about when to plant them. Now, whether you're going to be planting young plants or more mature plants, using this planting time principle is going to be the same. Make it easy on them. Make it easy on the plants that you're going to bring in. Obviously, the dead dog days middle of summer, did I say dead dog days? That's not it. The dead summer, dead middle of summer, dog days of summer is going to be obviously a poor time. What do we have? We have the hot days that leads to thirsty plants. It leads to stressed out plants. And that's going to be quite challenging uh, for young plants to become established. Um, and it's going to be a bit trying on established perennials. If you're trying to move perennials from one area to the other, you will probably find higher rates of loss. Some plants will just not make it that time of year. Now, let's think about winter time. Winter time, the opposite of summer. It's 
really just too chilly. It's too cold. There are short days. The sunlight is only here for a short period of time in winter. Of course, depending on the severity of your climate, it's not so bad where I garden, but the soil can maybe even be frozen. It may even be unworkable. Rarely do I see frozen soil in my area, but there was one year when at least the top inch was pretty hard and unworkable. And that was just a few years ago. Now, I think last week or week before, we talked about the shoulder seasons. The shoulder seasons, that would be spring and fall. The seasons where we're getting warm or we're getting cool, but we're not completely hot and we're not completely frozen either. The shoulders of of the seasons, spring and fall. That's going to be your best shot. Now, right now, of course, is still a very good time. Let's talk about spring planting. It is true that really the traditional time to plant uh, would be in spring, and there's some good reasons why. Because the plants you're buying, they're young, they're eager, they've just, you know, been coming out of a greenhouse, maybe they've had a little bit of heat in the greenhouse being pushed to grow, or cold frame. Uh, spring gives them a very good start. It's a good time of year because the days are getting warmer, the nights are getting warmer, the air temperature is getting warmer, that's encouraging growth. The ground is getting warmer as well, so that stimulates root growth, but it's not unbearably hot and we're getting decent amount of rainfall in the spring, whereas in the summer, we get very little, usually. Now, also, like I said, those days are getting longer, so you have a longer day of sunlight. That's encouraging growth. And water. Water, it's so critical in a young perennial's early days and early weeks. It's plentiful in the ground, because over winter, uh, during our wet season, which is winter, the ground stays pretty moist. So coming out of winter into spring, we've got plenty of water for your plants to uh, drink. And there are some the spring rains, things like that. So plenty of water. Uh, but time is also on the plant side. Because once you get the plant in the ground in the spring, it's less stressful. They're growing. They're getting stronger. Then summer kicks in. And you've got the rest of summer for the rest of the summer season uh, that's, that's ahead for those plants to continue to grow. And it will be encouraged to grow at least into those several months, getting them stronger. And of course, they will probably start to try to bloom. So you will have a plant that is strong, healthy, and growing through summer, uh, pretty much established. So it may not need as much extra water in the summer, but they'll probably bloom. So that is a great time. Now, before we talk about fall, let's talk about um, uh, hardening off plants, okay? Because this is a big thing, hardening off. The word hardening off, of course, um, involves the process of putting seedlings or plants that came out of a greenhouse. You know, a greenhouse is an ideal condition for a plant. It's the right temperature. They're getting moisture, but they need to be exposed to the outdoors. So we're going to harden them off slowly, putting them outside in a sheltered spot, getting them slowly used to being in the more harsh conditions of outdoors rather than inside a home. If you've been growing seedlings indoors in a sunny window, or if you've been buying them out of a greenhouse, they need to get used to being outside. So we're going to harden them off. Now, also acclimation, right? Letting them acclimate to life outdoors in your garden before they go into the ground. 
Now, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, all you really need to do is find a protective spot where they get, um, where they're protected from direct sunlight, protected from some winds, and protected from cold air, particularly, you know, this time of year, our nights have been pretty warm, but we did have some nights a few weeks, a few days ago, really, that were quite chilly. So, Good spots to put plants for hardening off would be patios, porches that are on the eastern side of the house. That would be the morning sun and afternoon shade. Maybe on a bench or a table that is positioned under a big tree. Uh, Screened-in porch. If you're lucky to have a screened-in porch, it's a great place to grow plants and particularly to harden off plants to go into the garden. Uh, Maybe a cold frame. If you have a cold frame, that is a very handy tool for any gardener to have. Uh, but obviously, in a cold frame, you don't have to cover them with plastic. The tops can be open. Um, they can be sheltered with shade cloth if you have that, uh, just to give them a little protection. But they don't need necessarily the extra heat. We want them to be hardened off. So, if it's going to storm, if it's going to be cold, bring them in at night. Keep them evenly watered. And, of course... You need to wait at least five to seven days before planting them um, outside. That's just enough time for them to experience life outdoors and to adjust to that life outdoors. So, of course, uh, spring is not the only time you should plant. We've already mentioned fall. Of course, we've got to take a quick break. But when we get back from this break, we're going to jump into fall planting. I know it's not fall now, but it will be. It will probably be fall before we know it. And you need to be prepared to plant even more perennials in the fall than you did this spring. So hang on tight, gang, and we will be right back with growing perennials and getting them planted. Greenness unfolded for the world to behold. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. You know, gang, we've talked already about how you can get your perennial plants started. We said you can buy them online as bare root plants. We can get them from a garden center in a container. And you can also grow them yourself from seed. And I have grown many perennial plants from seed, and it's a pretty rewarding task. But remember, with seed-grown perennials, it's sort of like Forrest Gump's, was it his mama? I think it was Forrest Gump's mama that said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So when you plant perennials from seed, planting perennials from seed is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Because seed can be very uh, genetically diverse. Okay. So you plant your perennial seeds with the expectation that maybe not all of them will look the same some of them may have a different color some of them may look very similar to each other and some may have wild and very unusual characteristics so planting perennials from seed is not just one way 
to add more plants to your garden, but it's a great way to add uniqueness. Because most plants in the nursery, and here I am, I'm going to give you a, a secrets from producing plants in a nursery. <laughs> most plants in the nursery are propagated by cuttings, root divisions, uh, even more modern, we are using um, uh, micro-propagation, which is done in a laboratory, actually. But all of those ways, we call them asexual forms of propagation, they will ensure genetic similarity. As a matter of fact, the plants that are produced asexually are clones of each other. They should look and will look exactly the same. Unless some obscure uh, mutation happens, uh, which, which is a possibility. But from seed, it's all about genetic diversity. So if you want exactly the same color or exactly the same size plant that you already have, you're going to have to use cuttings or uh, layering or root divisions or something like that. Whereas with seeds, it's like a box of chocolates. You're going to get something different almost every time. So keep that in mind. Uh, but we were going to talk uh, before the break about planting perennials in the fall. Because, of course, today is all about planting perennials and uh, getting them in the ground and started. But what happens if you can't plant right away? Say you have bought some bare root plants online. They've shipped them to you. There's no soil around them. Obviously, they can't sit on a table or on the kitchen countertop or in a shed. They'll dry out. So what can you do if you get plants but haven't quite decided where to put them? Maybe you're too busy doing other things. How can you successfully store them and uh, ensure their viability and, and health with, without uh, rushing to do it? Well, if you get in some kind of bare root plants, they can and could be stored in a refrigerator or some cool basement or garage um, in a place where they're sort of cold but not freezing, uh, they can be stored in that situation. It keeps them sort of suspended in a state of animation, uh, suppressing their growth, keeping them fairly dormant, especially with a, a temperature like 40 degrees that would be in your refrigerator. But if they do appear to be breaking dormancy, putting out some greenery while they're being stored, go ahead and put them in a pot. It can be that simple. You know, a rich media, where, whether it be a mixture of compost, garden soil, or soil-less potting media mix that you purchase at a garden center, uh, that would be sufficient. But potting them up gives you the opportunity to harden them off like we talked about uh, before the break. Putting them outside in a non-stressful situation where they can get used to being outside without just uh, shocking them to death. Now, a container plant. If you buy a container plant, maybe maybe this was the situation. Maybe you went to the garden center with the intention of not bringing home anything just to look around, to get some ideas. But sure enough, there were beautiful plants that caught your eye, and you couldn't resist. You had to pick them up, right? I know because I uh, sell to a lot of people who say, I don't need to be buying these, but I really love them. That's okay. You can bring them home. You know, they're in a, either a small pack or they're in a, um, a larger container, whatever. There are limited resources in the pots, and they are being confined to a small small space. 
And there's not a lot of soil mix around their roots. They won't be able to grow as much. So they're going to have to be watered if you're going to hold them. Be sure because water, they can dry out. Containers dry out quickly. You may have to water them every day in a container if they're getting a good bit of sun. If you put them in just a little bit of shade where they get some indirect light, maybe a couple of hours of sun a day, they'll still look good but not dry out as quickly. And um, you can buy yourself some time uh, by putting the, sh- the pots kind of sheltered away uh, from those drying winds and the hot sun. Keep that away, watering them, those kinds of things. If you can't plant them for a full week or so, go ahead and start that hardening off process. Uh, with any of these plants, we have in the past talked about um, healing in plants. That's H-E-E-L, healing in That's where we build a uh, fluffy bed that's mainly compost uh, or some kind of well-rotted leaf manure, something like that. And we can put the roots into that media sort of at an angle, about a 45-degree angle, not like they're vertical, getting ready to grow, but just slightly angled into that pile, covering their roots well, keeping that pile moist. And you can keep plants in that situation for much longer than you could um, in containers. But of course, you're going to eventually want to get your babies into the ground, getting them planted, getting them growing and growing well. So back to that growing, back to that growing. Uh, Let's, before we talk about fall planting, let's have a, a few notes about the right day, the right time. I will tell you folks that I have planted on many different occasions. Sometimes, yes, I have planted on very stressful days for the plant. I have planted in the middle of summer because I just had to. There was no way around it, but I knew it would take some extra care. But if you just happen to look at the calendar, I mean the weather report, maybe look it out, look out a 10-day forecast or something, and you see that we may have a potential, a good potential of a rainy day. Well, usually before the rain comes, the clouds roll in. Uh, It's not always the case, so we can't bank on that. But if you plant on a cloudy day, if you happen to plant on a misty day, the uh, moist air, air will help to prevent drying out, and any rain that follows will eventually water those new arrivals for you. They will water your plants for you. The Mother Nature herself will do that. And the watering that you do then, it will soak in without worry of evaporation because there's some cloud coverage. It's not a harsh, sunny day that the uh, sun is just sucking water out of the earth. And so you're going to give the roots the best start. Ideally, you would plant in the later afternoon. Give your potted perennials a good watch, a good drench before you plant them. Let them drain well. And then do it in the late afternoon because they will have all night, which is cooler, which is not sunny. It's dark at night. (laughs) I've lived on this earth long enough to know that, but uh, it's dark. So the, the plant can grow and its roots can start to get established, but you don't have the stress of the mid afternoon sun. Morning is fine too, but just remember you got to water well after you plant if you're planting in the morning and then maybe even provide a little shade to protect the plants from that afternoon sun. Sometimes I'll go off into the woods and just cut a branch that doesn't need to be on a tree. If you're taking off some branches because something's growing too much, just use those to sort of shade the plant. That will just help them. 
Is it necessary? Maybe not, but it will give them a better shot. So back to a few notes on fall planting. Obviously, springtime is busy. It's hectic in the garden. You're doing a lot of things. Fall, we tend to slow down. Uh, for many gardeners, we take the opportunity uh, to have a break. We reflect on the past season and how things did or how they didn't do, <laughs> and we clean up the garden. But what we don't realize is that fall is a great time to plant perennials, and nature is ready to help. You see, and in the fall, the soil is still warm, but the air starts to cool down. So it's less stress, but promoting root growth. Remember, the root is the plant, and the plant is the root. If you grow a great root system, you will have a beautiful plant. Also, in the fall, we may have some rains, which would be nice because you wouldn't have to water nearly as much there. And, of course, the sunlight is less intense. And something that people tend to forget is that weeds, summer weeds, are pretty much done for the year. So you have less competition. Remember, spring, it's wetter. It tends to be muddier than the fall in certain regions, especially in areas where we have heavy clay soils. And so planting in the fall can be easier and maybe more enjoyable. Now, fall is another good time. We'll go ahead and mention it's a great time to move perennials. You can move perennials from one side to another, to one bed to another. You can divide and replant others. You can expand the number of perennials you have by dividing them in the fall. Now, one of the reasons, of course, that it's such a great time, because the plants are starting to go dormant. You can easily dig them up. You can tamper with their root systems, and it's not stressful for them as it would be in the heat of summer. But give your fall plants your fall-planted perennials, as much time as you can uh, to start growing in the place they're at before winter comes and dormancy begins. I, it would be ideal to do it at least four to six weeks before the colds really start to come in. That would be ideal. So you could start as early as, say, September and continue uh, through October and maybe even into November. But once we get into the dead of winter, we kind of have to make sure we're not doing that. The trouble is, of course, winter can damage roots that have been divided or, or disturbed or damaged by rotting them. The wet winter and cold soil kicks in and those roots just fall apart. Now, if the plants have those two to three, maybe four, up to six weeks before frost, um, uh, well, let me, let me back up. If they only get a couple weeks before a frost, they may succumb. It may not be pretty for them. So again, ideally, just to reiterate this point, <laughs> be sure to get them in the ground a good six to eight weeks before you have any frost expected to come. I'll go ahead and say that in our zone here, uh, zone seven here in North Georgia, uh, this little band that we're in, <laughs> our first frost usually comes about October 15th. Now that's the average. I will say that it has been several years since I remember having a frost on or before October 15th. Sometimes November is quite warm. As a matter of fact, I know there were certain snowball bushes and other perennials that should have already been done. They were still blooming up until Thanksgiving. And so our uh, winters are becoming, uh, are coming in later and they are ending earlier than they used to. So that gives us a little bit of room. So that's why I say if you start maybe into September at Labor Day and you can continue that probably till mid-October, give or take, you may be okay. You sort of just have to watch the weather, anticipate what's coming, 
and um, expect that. But fall planting perennials, planting perennials in the fall is more enjoyable, in my opinion. It gives you something to do. The busyness and the rush and the sort of enthusiasm that spring brings is, is starting to uh, subside, right? It's kind of over. Summer has worn us out, and it's just a simple task, and it's rewarding task, just knowing that you're preparing these young plants to get started growing, to get them growing and give them a good long winter's rest. They will look beautiful in the spring, trust me. But regardless, plant your perennials now, plant your perennials in the fall, and when we get back, I'm going to give you some aftercare, particularly for planting in the fall, uh, but some of these, of course, apply to the spring. So hang on tight. We'll be right back with more Planting Perennials. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. Well, gang, we're about to wrap up our discussion today on when to plant perennials. And next week, because it does appear that I have become long-winded, I was hoping we could talk about specifics on planting perennials, but we'll save that for next week. We're talking mainly about when to plant perennials, and we've already said that summer and winter are terrible times for the plant's sake to uh, put them in the ground. And that the shoulders of the seasons, the seasons in which we are coming into warmth and we are going into cool, that would be spring and fall, they are more ideal. A lot of folks don't realize that you can't plant in fall, or rather that you can plant in fall. They think we have to plant in spring. It's not true. We can continue planting uh, after the heat of summer comes and still have wonderful success rates. So what do we do, though, after we planted, particularly in the spring and the fall? It's not going to be exactly the same. So you may want to take notes. If you're planting now, you can do a few things that you would not do in the fall. And if you plant in the fall, there's a particularly one thing that you could do, maybe should do, that you don't have to do now. But um, here's what we can and should not do after we planted them. So first of all, we should, whether we're planting in spring or fall, we should water them on planting day. Really, no matter how damp the ground is or how soon we expect rainfall to come, it is a good policy just to um, water the plants the day you plant them because it helps to remove air pockets that are in the soil. Whenever you water a freshly dug, softened soil, water will help to settle and to put soil back around the roots, where there may be air pockets that could lead to drying out of the root system. By watering, you get good contact with roots and soil, 
keeps them moist and keeps them growing actively. And also, it will provide moisture to the roots uh, that may be stressed by the planting process just in general. That would be great to do watering in the spring and the fall. But what about fertilizing? In the spring, go ahead and fertilize your plant. Do it. In the spring, you need to push as much root growth, as much uh, shoot growth as possible. We want the plant to grow as quickly because we'll have months and months for it to grow. So definitely get on a fertilizing regimen for them. You can use a slow-release fertilizer, whether it's organic or whether it has been uh, formulated to slowly release. You can pl- uh, use that uh, Uh, based on how long that product lasts. Maybe it lasts 60 days, maybe it lasts 30, maybe it lasts 90. At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, we have a product of of fertilizer that lasts 90 days. So you can plant now, plant three months from now, and maybe one more time before fall, and you've given the plant everything it needs to get growing and growing well. But in the fall, we do not want to plant after we've planted. Sorry, we do not want to fertilize after we've planted Here's the reason. Fertilizer stimulates the plant to grow. And we don't want fall-planted perennials or any fall-planted plant to put on a lot of new growth. Because at that time in the year, we've got great temperatures that are going to stimulate the plant to grow. But by adding, or that could allow the plant to grow, but by the time we add fertilizer, that gives them a yes, let's do this. Let's start growing. Because what will happen is any new growth in the fall, leaves and stems, they will be very vulnerable to cold damage. And remember, cold weather is coming. Winter is coming if you're planting in the fall. So it's better to let the plant just naturally, slowly grow. Particularly, it will grow underground in that nice, warm, fall-time soil. And the root system will develop all winter long as long as the ground is warm. So fertilize in the spring when you plant perennials, but do not fertilize in the fall when you plant perennials. Now mulching. How about mulch? Go ahead and mulch after you plant in any season. Spring, when you plant, we need to mulch. When it's fall and you plant, we need to mulch. Because um, what happens is we put this blanket We put this blanket on the earth, and it helps to keep the ground warm over winter for fall plantings, and it helps to keep the ground cool in the summer for spring plantings. But it also helps to moderate, regulate the moisture in the soil. So mulch will help to keep more moisture in the soil rather than drying out quickly. It's a very good thing. It will also help to suppress weeds. There's both spring uh, and summer weeds, and there's fall and winter weeds, and mulching will help to suppress either season's crop of weeds. So it's uh, very essential. And then, kind of haphazardly, you'll be feeding your soil with great organic matter as that mulch breaks down. But remember, not to pile mulch too close to the plant. Keeping it two inches away from the stem is a good idea. It's not ideal to keep mulch around the crown or the main stems it will increase the amount of moisture around the stem and possibly rot the stem killing pretty much the entire plant now of course in the fall you can be um a little lighter 
the purpose of a light mulch, well, the purpose of a light mulching in the fall would be to simply hold on to soil warmth and moisture. But, you know, a couple of inches is, is fine in the spring and fine in the fall. But in the fall, not necessarily spring, but in the fall, you can provide a thicker protective layer of mulch or a winter mulch. When it becomes obvious in the fall time um, that winter is coming and all the other plants are going dormant, they're starting to turn yellow, starting to turn crispy, the, the oak trees and the maples are dropping their leaves, you can assume that your fall planted newcomers, your perennials there, um, are going dormant too. And so you can protect them accordingly. You can give them a... Um, a heavier, thick layer of mulch that will help to increase even more soil temperature and keep the uh, temperature even warmer around the base of the plant. So that's not necessary. Thick layers of mulch is not necessary in the spring. They will be just fine. There's no cool temperatures to worry about. Some people will use pine straw on top of their plants because it's lighter than uh, chipped bark or chipped wood. And so pine straw can easily be removed in the spring once those fall protected and winter protected perennials uh, have gone through winter. You can easily rake back that lightweight pine straw and just Put it around the roots rather than over top of the plant. Uh, the last little note that I want to mention about fall planted uh, plants, of course, they're going to respond a little bit differently than spring planted ones. Because you have cooler temperatures and less intense sunlight, fall planted perennials tend to not put on much top growth or even try to flower. And that's not such a big deal because, again, we're looking for the health of the plant. So uh, what they're doing in the fall is they are trying to grow their root system. They spend their time establishing in their new homes, settling in, expanding their root system. And then, of course, uh, what will happen in the spring is they will take off. Once you have given them that beautiful late fall and over winter time to grow and get established, they will go wild in the spring. So I just wanted to bring it to everybody's attention today that we can plant perennials now and we can plant them in the fall. So if you have any questions, of course, you can check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com. And for WRWH 93.9 FM and New Southern Garden, I'm Nathan Wilson, hoping that you stay well and grow well. See you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.